Hello and welcome to the Performance Through Health podcast. We aim to inspire and educate our listeners through engaging conversations on all things health and fitness, mindset, business and philosophy. My name is Martin McPhillamy and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the uh, the show, Chris. Cool. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's um, I've been following you, I think, for about a year or so now. Uh, yeah, no, it's just great, great to be here and I've been seeing some of the guests that you've had on your podcast and yeah, you guys are doing some really good things, so... Thanks, Thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm really uh, enjoying this means to, you know, wait, just to get this. It's awkward to just invite people around, you know, if yeah. yourself. Um, I don't, how long have you been in the country now? Um, I've been here for about 10, close to 11 years now. Yeah, yeah so 10, years. for me, I've been here four years and I kind of feel like I haven't really got the network of friends and, and yeah. people who I know who can go to, to yeah. for example, if I needed a personal trainer to go to, I wouldn't really know who to pick and whatever and things like that. So yeah. this podcasting for me is a means to be able to get people around without going do you want to come around for dinner yeah, well let's yeah, come around yeah. and make something purposefully have a chat and awesome we can learn at the same time so awesome. uh glad that you're enjoying the content that i'm putting out there and stuff yeah like that. no it's great like i say i've got um i've got a platform where um <clears throat> excuse me educating a lot of pts as yeah. well and i'm putting a lot of them onto your content um, oh, thank you and other other people's content obviously within the perth kind of industry um, but yeah, you, you've done some really good things and I love your Instagram and all the, the information you're putting out there. So it's great to be here. I really appreciate yeah. that. Because cool. you don't really get, I don't get that feedback much. Oh, you know, cool. and people say they like the content and stuff, but it's always nice to get no, that. It's, it's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, like I say, it's, and that's what I like about um, the kind of side that I've got is I'm able to give it to P2s who then give it to, you know, instead of me just giving it to one person then they can feed it to their clients who are then, you know, maybe they send like 20, 30 people a week. So they're really getting it out there. Um, so it's good for people like yourself that are just really doing good things and putting good information out. Thank you. Cheers, yeah. mate. Cool. So um, pretty much with all these podcasts, I pretty much just go through your story of journey. So yeah. uh, in terms of fitness, we're gonna get, we'll talk about trance a little bit later on, but yeah, we'll sure. go down the fitness sure, sure. route first. So how, how was it you got into fitness and you got into personal training? Um, I guess from an early age, I was into sport from like school, you know, very young school. Um, so I get into soccer, um, you call it football, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so switching yeah, over to soccer now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you speak to people football, they automatically think AFL. Um, but yeah, no, I was into football from, yeah, very early school age. Um, and that got pretty serious. It got to a pretty good level um, when I was like schoolboy kind of level. Um, so then from that, I kind of met my girlfriend. I got a little bit older, get into clubs. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just lost my way with it. But I just, I still knew that I wanted to, um, I like the fitness side of things. So I get into the gym um, and then I started studying sports performance. Um, and from there, I got my first job in a gym when I was, I think, 18 or 19 years old. Um, and ever since then, I've just been involved in fitness and, and working in gym. So I think I've been in the gym kind of industry, I guess, for about 14 or 15 years. Fair bit of experience um, then. Yeah, so it's pretty much all I've ever done. Like I worked in a kitchen before that when I was very young, but then from that I, I transitioned into the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, and I've been just there and involved in it for the last 15 years. Nice. That's yeah. good, man. Yeah. Uh, look, that's, I think that's probably maybe one of the most experienced people I've had that in the, oh, cool. in the, in the personal in training industry. So, cool. nice yeah. Um, look, Chris, uh, where, where is, so with you, you've got currently online or so what is your yeah. practicalities of, of what you're currently doing in terms of uh, your, your work right at the moment? Yeah, cool. So um, I've got a couple of kind of facets, I guess, in my business. So initially, um, I was just one-on-one personal training and that's all I kind of done at the start. Um, and that was great. So then I branched out into a little bit of online work. Um, 
I've got a couple of girls I manage over east on the east coast. Yeah. Um, and then from online work, then I also do education as well. So I've worked with AIPT. I deliver their Cert three and four course. Yeah. Okay. Um, I work for a company called Trainers WA who have just recently rebranded. Yeah. Um, they're now called the PT Advantage. Um, okay. And basically, they're what they do is they offer a service where people that are already personal trainers come through and they sit a thirty week course. Um, and that 30 week course kind of specializes and goes into a little bit more depth um, of knowledge than what you would get from your, your kind of normal Cert 3 and Cert 4. So if you do like an AIPT or any of those kind of similar personal training courses, it's kind of like a fast track 8 to 12 week course and you know you walk out and you're a qualified personal trainer. Okay. Um, which, you know yourself, you study anything for 8 to 12 weeks, you don't know any, you just scratch yeah, yeah. the surface. Yeah. Um, so, Rather than just leaving them and saying, right, okay, you're not a personal trainer, go and do whatever you want. Um, the Trainers WA model is come with us, stay with us for 30 weeks. We'll run you through like a mentorship program. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have, you know, set topics, whether it's business or marketing or um, practical skills, where we look at actual movement assessments or exercise breakdowns and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we educate the, the PTs on that. So they get a bit more of an in-depth kind of knowledge so after the end of the 30 weeks they've actually got a decent bit of knowledge and it would probably put them i would say somewhere between three to five years ahead mm. of where somebody that doesn't run the course and they just do the eight to 12 week is yeah um so it's it's good for us and myself and a couple of the other trainers that have got a bit more experience to be able to give back um and kind of lift the the kind of standard of personal training i guess within within perth hopefully yeah okay um, so that's that's one part of my job. My other um, thing that I offer now is um, apprenticeships. Okay. Um, so I run 12, 12 month apprenticeships. I've got four members of staff who are working for me at the minute. Um, so I run my, my business and then I teach them um, a bit more hands on and in depth business skills, marketing, similar to the kind of TWA model, but more on like a one to one level rather than a, than a classroom kind of environment. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty full on, pretty busy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And would you say uh, that there's a you have like a specialist niche? Do you a preferable strength trainer or? What? Yeah, look, personally myself, like strength training is my background. Um, like I, I love powerlifting. I love um just strength training in general. That's yeah. more the kind of the clientele that I enjoy. Like I enjoy working with everybody, but mm -hmm. you know you have your niche that if you get somebody that's a powerlifter or yeah. you know a strength based athlete, it's it's just more fun to work with. Yeah. Um, so that would be my kind of niche would be more strength yeah, yeah. Um, and programming. That's my, my kind of thing that I'm into. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I said, I've been doing it for 15 years. So fat loss, weight loss, your general gen pop client, yeah. and I'm all over that. Um, but I love if I was just given like, you know, just train the people you want to train kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would definitely be like purely strength oriented. Nice. Yeah. And obviously with personal training um, and social media and stuff like that, it's kind of, uh, you look at guys like you know, James Smith PT and yeah. you know, those sort of things that are kind of blown up on social media. Like, yeah, yeah. wow, how is the time, the times have changed so yes. much now. Huge. Whereas like yeah, yeah. you can pretty much get your own business out online. You can scope everywhere yeah. in the field. How has it been for you to be transitioning from you know, one on one personal training to, yeah. to, to online? Have you um, managed to find that, that, that transformation or get through that transformation pretty easy? Yeah, I think I don't, I don't really push my online stuff as much as probably what I should. Yeah, okay. Um, like I do, I, I've got an Instagram page that you follow. Um, I don't smash it as much as like I know a lot of people are doing like everyday content and you're, you're great with keeping up with your content mm. every day and your stories and that. Um, I probably should push it a little bit more. Um, I think it definitely gives you a lot more exposure and gets you gets you right out there. But yeah. um, 
yeah, it's something that I've done a little bit and I find I actually got my online clients when I first started that, that Instagram page. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of people responded very fast to it because um, I was putting out content every single day and then I kind of got, I got busy with other avenues in my business so mm-hmm. the online kind of stuff backed off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can make a huge career out of it. It's definitely, it's definitely different from where it used to be like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, where that just wasn't, it wasn't there. Yeah. It's, it's great because it gets, like I say, there's people like yourself, there's um, other guys that you've had on your podcast that we talked about um, and a few other people that I follow that are doing great things online. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a good way to build a business if that's the avenue that you want mm-hmm. to take. Yeah. I saw you put up. Obviously, we made a bit of a joke the other day about your yeah. post, your seven steps to uh, oh, the deadlift. Yeah, so deadlift, <laughs> yeah. seven steps yeah. to a sexy sumo. Yeah, but it. that was um, yeah, obviously we had a little bit of joke about that. But <laughs> I, I really enjoy. So I used to, you know, when I was younger, I used to just train as hard as I can, like yes. squat, just deadlift. Never really had a proper warm up in that. that yeah within 10 years of training that screwed me over yeah, yeah. and now i understand the importance of going through that process yeah. of you know, activating muscles stuff like that. Yes. i'd like to just learn about those seven steps if you yeah. if you wouldn't mind talking to taking us through those and just what why the why it's important to have those yeah. and what that can help with deadlifts or squats cool yeah so basically um the idea is that i'm kind of designing a program for my clients at the minute that we call um, our MPI system. Um, so basically the, the idea is to mobilize prime and then integrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take any any kind of lift, it doesn't matter whether it's a squat or a deadlift or a bench press or whatever you want to do, um, you, you know, you've got certain requirements from your joints um, that you need to be able to move. Um, so everybody's moving capacity is slightly different. So the idea of the MPI system is that we kind of figure out what areas on your body that you need to address in terms of mobility. Um, and then we give you set exercises to help mobilize those joints. Okay. So when you come in, um, first come into the gym, you go through your, your mobility routine. So you'll have, you know, ankle mobility, hip mobility, shoulders, back, whatever, whatever your problem areas are. Um, so you'll have a series of exercises to follow in a sequence um, that will just open up a little bit more movement around your joints. Yeah. That will then help you get into the positions that you need to get into safely so that you can then recruit the muscles that are meant to be recruited. Yeah. Okay. So your movement pattern becomes a little bit better. Um, the second step of the process is the priming sequence. So we just activate any of the kind of underactive or slightly weaker muscles. So an um, example I like to give is if you sit at your desk all day in the, this kind of posture, then obviously your upper back is becoming stretched and long and, mm-hmm. and becomes weak. Um, so then if you're coming in to start doing deadlifts or whatever your, your exercise is, um, the muscles in your back are quite lazy and slack. Okay, So we give you um, a set of exercises then to release any of the tight muscles and then strengthen and prime the, um, the weaker muscles that we need to, to yeah. get use. So any of the muscles that kind of stabilize your joints um, will be getting warmed up and fired up so that yep. when you get into the movement, they're actually ready to go. Yeah, okay. Um, we then integrate that into the main lift. So then we, we apply it to like a deadlift or a squat or whatever. Yeah. And um, we do like a, a kind of regressed version of the lift. So for example, that might be like a kettlebell goblet squat or it could be like a trap or deadlift or something just easy to progress you into the actual main lift itself. Yeah, awesome. Um, so yeah, it's just a little system. Like it's not, it's not groundbreaking. It's stuff that's been out there. We're just kind of piecing it together into like a system for our clients mm. so that they can kind of understand exactly what they need to do. I think that's it's vitally important. You say, no, it's not something special, but yeah. it's it's the fundamentals, it's right? It's just having structure there. Yeah. yeah. It's just having something for my clients yeah. to be like, right, okay, you know, this is what you need to just follow this little sequence and mm-hmm. it's, it's there like, you know, I've, I learned this kind of stuff myself maybe 12, 13 years ago. So it's, it's not you, like I mm. said, it's, I'm not trying to invent something. No. It's just 
piecing it into a system and saying, okay, this is what you guys need to follow. Yeah. But I don't think some part, some people do appreciate the importance of that, the basics of that. Yeah. You know, that, that, yeah. They might go, well, that, well, that's a whole process before you even touch the bar. It's like, well, yeah, that's yeah. so necessary to oh, get you into that best position to get you yeah. to be pulling, pushing yeah. uh, optimally. Yes. Because uh, yeah. uh, people look at me in the gym and I'll spend 20, 30 minutes yeah before I've even touched anything, just prep, just, yeah, prep, yeah. just prepping, getting the yeah. muscles firing, just going through that whole process. And I love yes. the fact that mobility first, yeah. priming, getting yeah. those muscles firing, yeah. and then going to the movement. It's massive, it is, it's massively important. And like you say, it's um, it's basics, like it's, and even when it comes down to just general exercise itself, like I think people just try to overcomplicate things. Mm. Um, and you know, it's been proven for years that it's just, just keep it simple, just, slow steady progressive overload with with your main compound lifts yeah rather than trying to trying to overcomplicate things too much yeah what, what what would you say obviously you've been doing this for a fair few years what would you say is one of the most common issues you see when you first uh, bring people in so new yeah. clients what's the sort of things that you need to do to look at the client okay we need yeah. to sort x y and z out with you first before we even got you to yeah. training program that's a good one um uh, movement quality is generally pretty poor um, yeah so that's usually like, you know, we spend, we spend, and myself included, we spend way too much time um, in static postures. Mm-hmm. So whether that's sitting in front of your phone or even if it's just standing up, if you're static it for too long in any position, um, it's it's not going to be great. So I tend to find that movement quality is usually the first thing that we, we work on with our clients. Yeah. Um, so myself and the coaches that I've got, um, we run every client straight through a movement screen as their first session. Um, so you come in. Um, the system we've got in place is we'll run you through one session where we just kind of take joint by joint and just have a look at how your body moves um, and then we make notes and then we build you and prescribe you like a, a personalized plan which yeah. is kind of like a prehab plan so it's like these are the exercises that you specifically need to do yeah. um, to address the, the movement discrepancies that you have um, so you know eventually we can get you on a barbell to do a squat or a deadlift or whatever so I think um, probably to answer the question a bit more direct is people just do things because they think they should, but they don't understand that maybe the, the version of the exercise that they're doing isn't right for them. Yeah. Um, so I'll see in the gym a lot of time, you know, you know, and I know barbell based movements like deliver the best impact yeah. um, in terms of buying for buck. Yeah. Um, so, and especially for strength, if your goal is strength training, eventually you ideally want to be moving towards barbells, but not everybody should be, should be getting under a barbell. Mm. Um, so I'll see a lot of people squatting that they're just, their movements just not there. They shouldn't be under it. Um, so they, they kind of think in their head they're doing the right thing, but realistically they need to kind of regress the, the model of what they're doing yeah. um, and just try to get something that's a better fit for their moving capacity. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's probably one of the major things that we do with our clients initially is assess where their level of movement criteria or quality is, sorry, um, and then give them the exercises that are best suited to them rather than, you know, everybody wants to be doing barbell squats with their clients and deadlifts, yeah, yeah. but you might be better with a excuse me, a dumbbell goblet squat initially or um, a trap bar deadlift or, you know, just finding the right progression and regression for, for the client is yeah. is probably how you're going to get them safer and better results because yep. they're not going to injure themselves, they're going to have better movement quality um, and they can still get, you know, a heap out of the exercise without 
having to force themselves into position and then finding out they've got a sore back or mm. you know any of that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. um and you, i've seen you touched on you've got obviously the sumo squat and the conventional uh, sorry sumo deadlift, deadlift yes. and the conventional deadlift and yes. everyone always makes jokes about you know how to how you should learn yeah. the sumo squat it's like well I'll actually learn how to do conventional yes what actually is the difference between the two and what sort of kind of yeah. muscle groups are we working differently or? um very they're, they're very similar they're both obviously pulling movements yeah um so with the with the conventional you've got a lot more kind of forward hinge mm -hmm. um so you're going to rely a lot heavier on your spinal erectors um whereas with the sumo you're in a little bit more of an upright position um so you you're kind of recruiting a little bit more leg drive so a lot of it comes down to leverage okay um so some people are just better suited to be in a, in a sumo position yeah um, other people are better suited to be in more of a conventional position so you really just got to take advantage of the leverage that you've got, especially if your goal is for maximal strength. So if you're a powerlifter, for example, um, if you've got the leverage that's best suited for conventional deadlift, then that's probably where you'll go. Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have anything against sumo deadlifts. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things that everybody likes to just kind of make a bit of a joke about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so whatever, whatever best fits the client, so whatever they feel more comfortable in, whatever looks smoothest, whatever um, they can move more weight safely mm. in, um, is the position that we'll we'll take with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I really struggle with sumo deadlift. I'm, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. Honestly, I try get. I can't. Just can't get physically get into the position. Like yeah. I get my legs wide. As soon as I try to drop my legs wide, my yeah. hips just won't allow me. Like it's yeah. just my ball and socket in the hips just, just goes. Nah, you're not going to get yeah, low yeah. enough, mate. Um, I I don't. I can get into position fine. I just prefer the conventional. I don't know. I've done it for X amount of years, and from time to time I'll mess around in sumo, but it's yeah. never going to be my main, my main, my main lift, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So you you've currently had some people competing, and you yeah. you actually train people who do compete and stuff like that. Have you got any yeah. specific clients or achievements that you've managed to attain with clients, or even personally yourself with through powerlifting and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got quite a few girls. I actually put a post up the other day. I can't remember exactly how many it is, but last yeah. year we we had a pretty good year last year. Um, so one of one of my girls, Christy, she's um, she took the junior national um, under eighty threes oh, nice. in Australia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she had a she had a wicked year. She had a one fifty deadlift, uh, one fifty squat, and like a sixty five kilo bench, I think. Yeah, um, so yeah, awesome. she set a, she set like six. I think it was like six or seven records. Wow. Um, so yeah, she had a wicked year. Um, of a girl over east, she had a couple of novice comps, but her numbers are like like very similar to Christie's. Yeah. Um so if she hopefully I'm trying to get her later this year to compete in a sanctioned meet, um she should put up some big numbers and place quite highly as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think we've got about four or five girls that um currently compete. Um mm -hmm. and they're looking at competing again this year. So hopefully we can have another good year. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So in terms of the you know the CHPT, the so that's yeah. the is that just what's the is that coaching of, of PT, so you've gone through it a little bit. Yep, so basically I've, I've got my, my personal training um, business with my one-on-one yeah. clients. I just call that Chris Hines personal training. Yeah. So that's just with my clients. Um, and then Team CHPT is where I have a business model of the apprenticeships. Yeah. So I'm kind of like head coach and then I would have four, I've currently got four staff that work, um, coaches yeah. that work for me. Um, and the idea of that is, um, they come on board for 12 months and yeah. I take them through like a business development over that 12 months. Yeah. So I teach them practical skills, business skills, marketing, excuse me, all of that kind of stuff. And they've got, um, you know, they've all got their own column of clients that they, they yeah. manage. And what sort of clients is, is, is this that you're, you're looking for in, in terms of this? Are these, these uh, just, new personal just, trainers? Yeah, so just new personal trainers. So um, the idea is 
um, anybody that's that's a qualified personal trainer yeah. that wants that extra education or a little bit more assistance with yeah. just their own business development, I guess, yeah. um, then I'll be kind of taking them on board to kind of help work with them for 12 months. Yeah, okay. Um, so the idea is, you know, I've got 15, well, 13 to 15 years worth of experience, so I want to try to give some of that back to people that are in the industry so that they're not failing because one of the biggest things that I've seen, um, and you'll probably know from being in the gym environment mm. yourself, um, a personal trainer average lifespan is about six to twelve months. Really? Yeah, it's it's really it's not great. So they, yeah, they okay. come through their cert three and cert four, um, they get put into a club and you know they're they're pumped and everything's great, but then they're not given the business background and understanding of mm. what actually goes into building a business. Yeah. And I th I think really that's where most people, in my opinion, that's where they fall down. So yeah, anybody knows you know cool exercises and how to train people, but then they realize it's they're actually running a business. It's not just get on the gym floor and like show some people some cool exercises yeah. you've got to manage your accounts your finances you've got to do your own marketing you've yep. got to come up with ideas to generate leads um so i think the the thing that i find with most people is they kind of fall down on the business end of it mm -hmm. um so like i say what i do is I'll, I'll try to get pts to come on board and then i spend the first couple months just developing their business skills um and then after we generate um some business skills then we go through um and take them through like practical skills like you know teaching them progressions and regressions of exercises teaching them how to perform movement screens yeah um <clears throat> excuse me flexibility tests all that kind of stuff um so yeah it's it's just it's just the nature of the beast like i say six to twelve months seems to be the average lifespan mm -hmm. so I, if i can give back and try to educate some of these pts and show them that it doesn't have to be a six to twelve month gig and that they can actually turn it into a career yeah um then you know i've for me, that'll be great if I can kind of get as many people as possible and just kind of help them ease them through and get them some kind of business structure set up. Yeah. So that after, you know, six to 12 months, they kind of know what they're doing and then they can take that on as a career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what about in terms of yourself, your own education? Obviously, you've been yes. doing this for years. Where, where, yeah. did that, where did that start in terms of what did you, who, did you have you had any mentors, coaches yourself? Or? Yeah. So initially, when I first started out, this has gone back. Oh man, it's gone back. <laughs> 10 plus years now so um i was signed up to a company called fitness agents mm -hmm. um and this was this was back in the uk when i first started and i still I actually still keep very close contact with um with the the guy that mentored me yeah um so they you know they just touched base with us like weekly and monthly we had meetings they took it was more business it was more business rather than um practical like every now and again they would have done a few practical things yeah, okay. so they told us you know these are the courses that we recommend that you go to check out yeah um, but yeah, the, the mentorship side of it was more a business thing. So he would have came, came every week and said, oh, you know, what are your numbers for the week? How many sessions have you done? How mm. much are you charging? Um, what is your rent? And then he would have said, right, okay, these are the targets you need to work towards. Um, and these are the steps that you need to do to try to get there. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's a similar kind of model of what I'm, I'm currently rolling with, with yeah. my ones. Um, but that, that helped me massively. Like that really gave me a good understanding of what, um, business I guess was because you know I was 19 at the time I was young I was just training people I was taking money and I wasn't really I didn't know what to do with it yeah money. it weren't like, making it work for yeah, you yeah it was yeah. like I just don't know what I'm doing I was just like luckily I, I got off to a good start because the gym that I was in I was the only PT there and there was like 2,000 members so it was kind of like a no oh wow yeah it was a yeah. no brainer so um it just kind of took off for me but like I say it took off really fast and I done really well but like looking back on it now, if I had the education that I had now, it would have been like I could have made it even bigger and better than mm -hmm. what it was. Um, but yeah, so the, those business um, mentorships that I had with that guy for me was absolutely priceless. Yeah. Like 
I still look back on that and think, man, that's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, okay. Um, so to be able to be in the situation, or the position now, sorry, where I can actually pass that on to, to some of the junior ones coming yeah. through, um, I just know that the impact that that had on me was like incredible. Yeah, yeah cool. So uh, cool. What, what age are you now? Uh, 33. 33. Yeah. So what would 33-year-old yeah. Chris tell 19-year-old oh, Chris? Probably party a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, yeah, business-wise, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky, I think I made, I did make the right decisions, yeah. um, I think, I, to be honest, I was kind of lucky that I stumbled into it, um, the guy, I, I can't even remember how I met the guy, but it was just a, it was a by chance kind of thing, yeah. um, and I met him and he said, oh, this is what we do, and I was like, oh, let's, let's, you know, let's go for it. Um, so I just I just kind of got lucky. I just kind of landed in my lap and stumbled into it. Um, mm. But like I said, it was one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So Chris Hines was a was a bit of a partier. So I've I've heard yeah. so much about you. Obviously, yeah. we're both into trance music, music yeah. um, cool, cool. and I've yeah, I've loved it for years. Ever since I was yeah. maybe 14, 15 years old. So maybe nice. 15, 16 years now. Yeah. Probably only really listened to it when I'm training now, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just business and life takes over Absolutely. it was for yeah. me probably looking back on it it was probably years of kind of escaping a lot of stuff in the life and just yeah. going and enjoying the music and getting lost in that trance sort of thing how did you yeah. get how did you get into trance music um again early age i would think i would have been, i think the culture is just very different um here from what it is in the uk mm -hmm. like when you go back you go back home even just simple something as simple as listening to the radio here versus back um in the uk yeah um where are you from? Uh, Belfast, just yeah. outside Belfast. Okay. Yeah, so um, back home, it's like dance music is just a culture. It's yeah. like a thing. It's like, um, whereas here, it's all rock. And, and I like that. I love that kind of ACDC. Yeah, like yeah. Music. I love yeah, all I that do. stuff. But um, just the culture is just so different. Like you go back home and the, the music they play on the radio is just dance music. So yeah. I kind of grew up with it and you would have been the mm -hmm. same. So um at the time in the late 90s early 2000s it was just trance that was that was the thing so that was just what i grew up with that, yeah. that was it and yeah i just i just fell in love with it it's um so i got in the mix in when i was like i think i was 17 so so like eight, 15 16 years ago yeah yeah. Um, yeah so i was 17 i got my first set of decks um i just got involved and then i got like some local gigs and it just kind of grew from there, man. I've just, yeah, I just fell in love with it ever since. It's, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. I've been, obviously, I've been here four years, and I think my probably first, maybe two years, I tried to yeah. go to as many events as I can, but I don't yes. think I ever, ever actually met you. Have you kind of, did you? I know, you, I, I seen, I, you kept coming up on my social media, and I was like, who is this guy? And then I saw your Instagram, and I clicked on your Instagram, and I was like, oh, he's actually in the fitness industry as well. Or yeah, yeah. Health, health industry. Um, so then I followed you, and I was like, oh, I really like what this guy does. And I don't know, I don't know how we've never met, because... Perth is just such a yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, I think we've probably got a lot of mutual friends, but we've never actually like officially met. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, did you? Did I'm guessing maybe you start? Did you stop going to gigs? I or? did. I think um, that's probably what happened because my son's three now. So okay. As soon as I yeah. have a son, I kind of like it's a bit of a game changer. Is that first kid or? Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big game changer. So I'm yeah, really interesting to dig into that. So how 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 was that mind shift from obviously being a partier and a bit of a DJ <laughs> to then having a kid? Yeah. How how has that impacted oh, your life? I, I love it, man. Like I'm like I wouldn't change it at all. Yeah, um, like I love I love my party life as well. But um, yeah, like I say, instead of going out every weekend or every second weekend, it's like yeah. maybe once every like two months. Yeah, which to be honest is kind of good because business is so busy at the minute that I can't afford to go out and have like big weekends every weekend oh, because man. it's I just don't have that time. Like, no. Um, like I used to, so it's it's a healthy change. It's a good change. Um, but 
but yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely different. <laughs> Reckon you bring your kid, your, your son, your son up to uh, listen to that yeah, sort of music. So he's in. I've got a little. Um, I've got a studio set up at home, so I try to get him involved in it. And he yeah. Gets, he gets behind the decks and he calls it Doof Doof. Ah, oh, that's um, so cool. So yeah, no, it's pretty cool. So he loves it. He gets in and he he smashes out some tracks like Baby Shark and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's good fun, man. I love it. Like I said, the music side of things for me is it's like a mental kind of release. I get to switch yeah. off from from what I'm doing, I get my headphones in, either whether I'm mixing or whether I'm just at the gym, I just put my headphones in, it kind of gets me focused for what I need mm. to do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny because even though it's not directly related to fitness, in my, for me personally, it kind of really, the two have a good connect because mm. when I'm in the gym and I got my music in, it just helps me really focus on whether it's business or whether it's training, I just, yeah. it just kind of helps with my therapy almost. Yeah, so... Well, I, I can, so I've n- listened to the music for years yeah. and then um, I'd say two or three years ago, uh, my friend, uh, at the time I was going through a really rough patch, being yeah. over here, you know, missing my family and friends, loads of stuff happening in my yeah, life. Yeah. And um, one of my mates said to me, he goes, well, why don't you learn how to mix? Yeah. I was like, it's never really crossed my mind. Like I love the music, I love being yeah, in the yeah. crowd, but I've never really thought about thought actually DJing. DJing. Yeah, and, yeah. and he said, well, I've got you a gig in 12 weeks. Oh, awesome. You gotta learn. <laughs> But what I found was that actually learning how to de- mix and how to DJ and yeah. I guess learning a new skill mm. started to make me so much more creative oh, awesome. in just other areas of my life. Yeah. It was like all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's like I just stepped like a, yeah. how would I phrase it? It's like, I, because I knew that I was doing something new, yeah, yeah. I was having this pop up, this thing, this pop up. And yeah. I, I swear there's, there's something to do with, and, and I've researched it, there's something to do with learning new skills and learning. Oh, neural pathways in the brain definitely. and it enhances product, cre- just general productivity yeah. just creates more productivity yeah like, i had this conversation um with one of my um, staff the other day he was talking about oh man you know he had a over christmas period he was like had a quiet patch which is just normal in the industry yeah um and he was like oh, i just felt like i was getting really slack and now i'm busy i'm actually doing more and creating more um and i'm the same like i, f- I find and i'm sure you're the same because you're constantly on your education and furthering yourself so I always find that the more podcasts I listen to, mm. um, the more books that I read, the more articles that I read, I seem to be busier with my business yeah, okay. um, and everything seems to generate and lead forward. So I think it's just back to that productivity lead yeah. to productivity, I guess. Yeah. So the more, the busier you keep yourself, the more kind of productive you, you yeah, are, yeah. I guess. What sort of podcast are you into? Um, well, I've got yourself. There's another guy I was on, um, Nevin. Better give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mate Nevin Mills runs um, the Strength Institute. Yeah, okay. He's got a podcast. But um, check it out. In, in terms of bigger, um, I guess more like celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joe DeFranco. I don't know if you listen to his I've, industrial strength. I've heard of I've heard of Joe DeFranco, but I don't know yeah. what his podcast is. Yeah, it's very, very, very good. Very just honest, straight on, straight on the middle. Kind what of does line. he dig into? Um, a bit of everything. Like he specializes in like athletic performance. Okay. So he deals with a lot of NFL players. Yeah. Right. Um. So it's it's very. But his podcast is more kind of open to, um, gen pop, I guess. So people will just like throw him questions and he'll read out the questions and answer them. Mm. Um. His niche, I guess, is strength and performance. Um. But he's got like fifteen to twenty years worth of experience. So he just goes on and just chats about whatever topic it is for the week. Um. Very very knowledgeable guy, but just very straight down the middle, like no bullshit approach. I can curse here, yeah? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, just no bullshit approach, just straight down the middle. Um, who else have I listened to? Probably um, Liam Norton. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of his nutrition stuff. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got a very, uh, personality-wise, he's very polarizing. Like, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, like him as a person, like, I don't... I'm not a huge fan of, of him. Mm. Um, 
I don't know. Like sometimes, sometimes I think he's really funny. Sometimes I'm just like, man, you just need to chill out. Yeah. Um, he I, can come across very arrogant. Sometimes. I get interested by how wound up he gets. So yeah, yeah. my like, I think obviously he's a very intelligent guy. Yes. And but yeah. he he also values that intelligence about himself. Yes, he does. And sometimes I think that can kind of be a bit of his flaw because it's like yeah. I've got a PhD. Like yeah, listen yeah, to me, yeah. sort of thing. But yeah. what I find interesting with his sort of stuff is like, yeah, it's very evidence based. Mm. Um, and he'll talk about the science of it and he'll say, you know, for, let's, let's talk about protein, for example. He'll say whey protein is much better than having plant protein because mm. of the, you know, it increases the protein synthesis more and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's the best protein. And I think sometimes he argues to the point where he's forgetting who he's speaking to. He's, most yeah. of his audience are, are not elite athletes. No, not, so, in yeah. fact, eating the plant protein and eating the whey protein, probably it's for them, it's not going to make... Much. No. Yeah, it's, it's really not. If, any gonna make, if, if anything, it's going to make... It's like yeah. you're arguing about the science of the very elite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if, yeah, if you're at the top of your game and you need that extra 1% to 2% mm. increase in performance, then that's what it matters. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think... He comes. He can. He's a hard to like kind of person. Mm. Um, but I just, in terms of his knowledge, like his content that he puts out is, is yeah. quality. So it's it's kind of hard to yeah go past him for that. I mean, I was. I think I was following Lane Norton probably maybe 10, 12 years ago. Um, yeah. when, just on Twitter. Yeah. When he was maybe just finishing his PhD, and I, yeah. I started. I and mean, he was like, he's just his personality, but he was the yeah. same then. And he used to take. He used to get so much abuse about. Uh, at the time, he was powerlifting, yeah. and he still is now. But it was before yeah. all his injuries and stuff, and people used to slate him for about taking steroids and stuff like that. Yeah. And he used to get so reactive back. Yeah. And you're like, he's look, always had that kind yeah. Of <laughs> <for sure. laughs> but yeah. then I think that also. Uh, that personality can make you like that sort of individual can make you as good as what he is at what he does because yes, he kind of yeah you can put that yeah. energy and that aggression and that motivation into yeah. what you do and it kind of yeah, yeah. empower lifting you you really you need, you need that yeah it is quite a self it's it's a self-centered kind of sport i guess the same, mm. as, same as bodybuilding as well which he has a background in both yeah so i think that's that's a very good point actually so he he probably uses that to drive him even more mm. to just get focused on what he has to do yeah um, so yeah, it's probably is why he is as good as what he is. Yeah. What about your training? So yeah. have you competed? Yeah, I've done a, I've just done a novice powerlifting combo. I've trained kind of like a powerlifter for, oh, for probably the last six, seven years. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm not sure how you, how you went, but whenever I started out, it was kind of like, you just, it takes you a while to find your way. Yeah. Um, so Initially, I started and like I look back and cringe at some of the shit. <laughs> so do I, mate. Uh, like whenever I first started and was qualified, it was like you know you were playing on bosu balls, you were playing on. We had this. Um, oh, it's quite funny actually. Um, do you remember those vibration plates? I think it's yeah. still having. Yeah, we had those vibration plates at the at the gym, and everybody at the time they just came out, and everyone was like, "You can perform like a, a the equivalent of a sixty minute workout in fifteen minutes." Oh yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, these these things are like the future, and it's like let's try this and. Looking back at it now, man, is like, what was I thinking? But like, you just go through that kind of path. I guess that's how you grow and that's how you learn. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done a lot of things over the years, but it took me probably, like I say, probably a good solid six six years of training before I really find what I felt to myself is like, this This is what I'm about. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just been strength training for the last probably six, seven years roughly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of train a bit like a powerlifter, a bit like a, a bit like a bro, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like to think of it as like an educated bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I do like a bit of bodybuilding work, but I also, um, do a lot of powerlifting kind of style stuff. 
Um, and then I've got my rehab um, background that I that I work with as well. So yeah. I do a lot of um, like mobility and just like general prep work that we talked about at the start. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What sort of numbers have you hit and are you currently hitting? Uh, oh man, at the minute my strength isn't great. Um, <laughs> so, so mate, mine's terrible. Like I'm in a calorie deficit. I'm trying yeah. to. I'm doing high intensity work. Like I go yeah. to put some some weight on the bar. Whereas you know, six months ago I was probably doing more powerlift training yeah, yeah. and it's like as soon as you train change it it's so oh, interesting how so, yeah, fast you lose, you lose it so yeah um i competed recently i hit it to what was my squat 220 squat so about five plate squat that was my uh, yeah yeah a bit of a goal for me yeah um so i've got a 220 squat my bench was 150 and i pulled 230 i think 235 maybe oh nice um so they're all they're all right numbers they're not nothing amazing but at the minute man my like I say, I haven't been working at that kind of top end, yeah. so I wouldn't be anywhere near that. Yeah. yeah. So what are the sort of fundamentals that you would go through with, with sort of strength? Like, you know, say, for example, if you're planning a program for someone to, to do a powerlifting or to yeah. improve their deadlifts, what sort of, you know, range, range of reps and things like that do you kind of plan in? Yeah, okay. So it really, um, uh, programming is a massive niche. Man. Like, I love, I'm a real program nerd. Yeah, okay. Um, so I do a lot of research on... Um, program styles and methods so really for me it just depends on the individual and their training background yeah so you need to obviously take a lot of factors into consideration so you know what your current um, sleep levels are what your current nutrition level is um, what your exercise history has been yeah you know like what kind of volume are you used to training with so if you know if you're a crossfit athlete um, who's transitioning into strength you're going to have a good background and good tolerance for high volume so we, we know that we can put a lot of high volume work mm-hmm. on you and you'll, you'll manage it well um, so you really got to script my, my main thing is screening the client first and yeah. seeing what their overall lifestyle factors are so that I can say, right, okay, at what position are you that I can kind of train, you know, can I put you through a lot of high volume because your stress levels are currently low yeah. or, you know, are you kind of high stressed and we need to kind of maybe scale things back a little bit. Um, so first off is just kind of screen the client and figure out what kind of level, um, and what starting point they're at. So then we can kind of periodize the training based on the length of time that you've got them for. So, you know, if you're working for um, a powerlifting comp in six months down the track, yeah. um, we've obviously got to break that down into um, sections of training. Um, so the mac- macro cycle, do you know much about macro cycle? Go into it, mate, because I don't know yeah. much about personal training at all. Okay, I, cool. I've, I, I have trained all my life. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of degrees in sports science, but when it actually comes to programming, yes plans yeah. i know progressive overload i know kind of like you no know, if you're training for strength you probably shouldn't yeah. be doing 20 reps and things like that yeah, so i know yeah, the basics yeah. of it but yeah. i'd love to know more yeah cool so basically the if we're looking at like a six month like a typical mm. kind of six month plan so basically um you periodize your plan so that over that six months you've got different um what's called macro cycles okay. so macro cycles are just um blocks of let's say four to six weeks in general so yeah. We break that six months into training blocks of four to six weeks. So usually somewhere between a four to six week period, you're going to take um, a deload week. Yep. Um, so we structure in time to let your body recover and that's where you grow and that's how you progress. Yep. Um, so usually a typical powerlifting um, program, I guess, if you're doing like a six week or a six month program, you're going to start with a period of high volume training. Okay. So the high volume work is just to get conditioning into your body yeah, so okay. to get you, you know, fitter, I guess. Yep. Um, it's also to help kind of build some muscle um, so that we build that muscle and then over time the new muscle that you've recruited uh, built sorry and um, we train that muscle then to become stronger yeah okay that makes sense yeah, yeah so usually like I say you, you'd probably spend um, anywhere between about eight to maybe 16 weeks um, in a high volume training period so that's going to help with your cardiovascular fitness and mm-hmm. your overall muscle mass yeah 
Um, so at that point of the training, you don't, if you're like, you know, four months or five months out from your comp, um, the specificity of your training doesn't have to be that high. Okay. So if you're doing a competition where you're doing a, a you know, low bar back squat, yeah. um, bench press, and then a conventional deadlift, if they're your three competition lifts, at this kind of back end of your program, you don't really need to be doing too much of that. You can be doing more like leg presses, yeah. lunges, more kind of overall functional movements, yeah. um, just to get a, a baseline of strength and fitness. Awesome. So at that point, you're kind of taking care of any of your weak points. So that's another thing during the screen that we'll we'll sit down and say, right, okay, so you know we'll look at um, your structural balance. Mm. So how does your squat compare to your deadlift? Um, mm, so yeah. if if you've got let's say like a hundred kilo squat but like a 250 kilo deadlift, we know that your back is extremely strong, but your legs are very weak. Yeah. Okay, so then we need to, when you get to that back end of the program, we need to be really hammering your legs with quite a bit of volume to kind of bring that up to strength. Yeah. Um, so we work on your weaknesses, we, we build your fitness, um, and at that point, like I say, it's very non-specific training um, in terms of non-specific for the actual main lift. Yeah. Um, so you'd be generally within the kind of six to 15 rep range. Okay. Um, so it's more of your kind of typical bodybuilding. Yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. Um, and then the closer to your competition date that you get, then you just kind of start to reduce the amount of overall training volume, um, but then increase the amount of overall intensity. So intensity just meaning the amount of weight that you've got on the bar pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so um, you start to bring your reps down from like that six to 15, down into that kind of three to five kind of range. Um, and at that point, then you're starting to make the lifts a little bit more specific to the actual competition lift that you're gonna perform. So if you've got a squat or a deadlift um, that you're gonna perform, you start to, to kind of put more of that into the program and you start to take out some of the leg presses and the lunges and all that kind of stuff. So the closer you get to your competition date, the more specific um, your exercise selection has to be, mm -hmm. um, the less volume that you do, and then the more intensity, um, so just kind of more weight on the bar pretty much. Yeah. Um, and the idea is the closer you get then to competition, the heavier the loads become, um, the more rest you have to allow yourself to recover. Yeah. Um, and then you know you get into your peaking week, um, and that's where you're pretty much at the, the top level of where you're going to be. Yeah, and you're starting to bring volume back down again. or do Yes, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so volume, at that point, volume just comes right the way down. So, yeah. Um, you know, instead of performing maybe like 20 sets of squats, um, you're only performing like somewhere between five to 10 sets of squats, um, yeah. but it's at a very high level of intensity. So yeah. then you need that time to recover. And what about, uh, like the nutrition through that, 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 that process of the macro yeah. where, where, like, do you, would you gradually build up the calories or do you just go straight in or does it depend again? It just depends. depends. So this, this is the thing with, um, especially with personal training is everything is always going to be a, a it depends answer. The word um, personal is for a reason. Yeah. So you, you've just got to take the individual as an individual mm. and you can't really apply like a cookie cutter kind of thing. And, um, so you just got to see where the current start point is and then you can say, right, okay, you're currently at X amount of calories. We need to get you to wherever that may be. So yeah. obviously for strength training, excuse me, um, you're going to be better at a calorie sur slight calorie surplus yeah. um, or at the very least at a calorie maintenance. We yeah. don't want to be trying to strength train the calorie deficit because nah. um, you're not going to get the most out of it. Um, so yeah, it, it really just depends on the client. We might have to start, you know, we might have to do like a reverse diet first mm -hmm. um, to get them into more of a calorie surplus or they may already be there and we just say, look, you don't really need to change too much. We maybe need to change, um, we maybe need to optimize your diet a little bit. So your calories may be good but the breakdown of proteins and carbs and fats may need to kind of adjust a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, someone might be getting 
Um, like let's take an average meal. He might be already on three and a half thousand calories, which would be a decent calorie surplus. Mm -hmm. But he may be getting three and a half thousand calories worth of like trash. So, you know, maybe low protein, very high, but poor carbs. Mm -hmm. um, so it might just be a case of, okay, your calories are good, but let's optimize the actual food selection that you've got yeah. um, to try to get a little bit more out of performance because it's more than just calories, obviously. When we're looking at um, getting stronger and performing better and feeling better, um, you've obviously got to look at the, the quality of the food that they eat as well. Yeah, yeah. I think people, um, uh, there's one, one thing that you mentioned, obviously, personal training. That, that yeah. There's all these people that do the six-week, challenges and yeah, eight week yeah, challenges yeah. and they're literally just templates of yes. eat this yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the same thing out that yeah, goes out to everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's what it's just and then it's just a mass kind of it's, do you reckon it's just money production I or i was gonna say that look it, from an ethical point of view it's not it's definitely not the best way to do it yeah. but from a business perspective it's it's smart business mm. okay so it's very difficult we've we've tried to run it in-house before where we do six to eight week challenges with our with our own personal clients yeah and i think it's easier that way because you know your clients so you know currently where they are so we can say individually to each client this is what you need to do but if you're signing up um you know you put a marketing campaign out there and you want to sign up 20 to 30 people that are just complete randoms complete strangers yeah and they come into you generally most people surprisingly most people that i sit down with they're actually under eight yeah, um, yeah. So okay. you tend to find that the the ones that I um, seem to get, I'm, I'm sure it's the same across the board. Um, so most people, their starting point for their diet is pretty average and pretty poor. Yeah. And that's that's generally why I think most people fail any kind of weight loss challenge because if you're starting um, already in a poor start point, then you just reduce more calories, and then all of a sudden you just hit your roadblock and yeah. there's nowhere to go. So realistically, that person needs to perform like a reverse diet first. Yeah. Um, but trying to explain that to somebody and, you know, they want to come in and do a six-week quick fix and you'll admit, realistically, this is going to take you six months to a year if you do it properly. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to hear that. It's not sexy. No. You can't market it well. People just want the quick fix. They want the quick sell. They want the magic answer. Yeah. Um, so from a business perspective, it's easy to, to put out, you know, six-week weight loss challenge, eight-week weight loss challenge. You're going to get 20 people, 30 people interested, signed up, get them across the board. You, out of those, you might get like three to five people that actually do really well and yeah. successful with it and you just market the hell out of those ones exactly right? and then the other ones it's like oh forget about those yeah um, where realistically if you if you actually took that person as an individual and you you spent some time with them um you could explain to them look the reason you didn't get the results you needed to get mm. is because your start point was so poor so you actually need to run a reverse diet first which may take you four five six maybe plus months and then once we get you to a point where your calories are high enough we can actually start to run you back down into a deficit and you're going to get sustainable results. But yeah. you cannot market that. That's that's not sexy. Like nah. If I sat down with you right now and you're just after a quick six-week fix, you know, six weeks versus eight months, what are you going to go for? Yeah. So I've, I've recently uh, kind of uh, found that out with a few of my, my clients. It's yeah. like they've come to me after one of those six or eight-week challenges. Yeah. Yeah, not not yeah 95 kg guy down yeah. to like 89 90 around that area yeah on 1800 calories and he's yeah. like oh, i want to lose, i want to lose more yeah and i'm like go? yeah it's like well look to be honest with you like i'm not going to do yeah. another six to eight week challenge with you yeah, it's not gonna... we're gonna have to spend maybe probably 12 weeks getting you out of that yes not putting much fat on so it's gonna yeah. be very slow yeah, yeah. and look it's not gonna be entertaining yeah, yeah so it's not. just stick with me bear with it listen to the program yeah. uh, 12 weeks later we're one kilo up we're yeah. we're up to 2900 calories awesome. yeah. 
Yeah, so now he's like stronger. So it's like, okay, right, let's keep you there for maybe another four or five, six weeks. And then we can put you down back to maybe 2,500. And you'll probably start losing the fat again. But for people to comprehend... It's it's hard. It is. The buy-in's hard. But I think think you nailed it there, what you said, because... um, the, the, the only way I can get it across the clients is like, you're going to feel better, you're going to move better, you're going to be stronger, you're going to see your fitness get better. So obviously, the more nutrition you get into your system, the, the better you're going to feel, the better you're going to perform. Um, so that's the, that's the only saving grace I find because when yeah. you try to sell it to people, it's like, you know, they're sitting there thinking, fuck, I don't want to wait like another six, yeah. you know, six yeah. months before I'm actually down to where I need to be. And I'm like, well, realistically, you've just spent the last 10 years doing your yo diets and you're, you're the same place that you were, if not worse, yeah, yeah. than where you were 10 years ago. Um, so you can continue to do what you've done and just get the same results and be back here in front of me maybe in two or three years down the track or you could actually try something different listen to the advice it may take you six or eight months but i promise you when you get to that six to eight months then you will actually get some sustainable results yeah um but yeah the performance and the fitness side of things like you said they feel stronger they feel better their mood is better their energy is better Mm. um they that's the kind of buy-in i think at that point after usually probably about six to eight weeks in they're starting to feel, you know, it's like, fuck, this is actually working. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and at that point, it's kind of like, okay, you've, you've kind of got them. Yeah. The What I've found difficult with, with some individuals that are doing that is those yeah. individuals who are very, very body conscious, where they yeah. might slightly be on that end of maybe having a bit of an issue. Yes. Do you, like, what's, how do you manage that psychologically with that sort of, like, people who maybe... Yeah. Uh, not not anorexic or maybe a little bit of body dysmorphia uh, don't like their hips always focusing on that to then try and tell them they've got to go and eat more eat more yeah it's funny actually i had this conversation with um uh one of my clients that i've got at the minute she's in her i want to get this wrong because if she watches (laughs) (laughs) i think she's in her late 50s i'll go with that yeah okay (laughs) um so she's in her 50s anyway so she comes from that old school era of everything is like, you know, just eat less, eat less, eat less, you know, train more, eat less. Yeah. yeah train, train more, eat less. So the whole, um, like Les Mills boom of, um, body pump is the new thing. It's mm. like step aerobics and it's, you know, you just got to eat less food. So trying to get through her that she's actually going through, we sat down a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I've just explained the whole process to her about doing the reverse diet. Yeah. And she's like, Oh yeah, that'll really make sense. And she's keen to do it. But she's still in the back of her mind. It's just like it's just still yeah. stuck in there. So it's it's it really is. It's a, like I can't as much as I want to say I can relate to you. I can't because yeah. I've never I've never experienced that. Um, so it's it is a hard one. Um, I can just say to like this, this is the evidence. All I can do is provide yeah. her with the evidence to say this is what it is. It's 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 a mental hurdle that she's got to get beyond. Yeah. Um, and at that point, if I do have somebody that's struggling with it, it's. I would just refer that out to somebody that's that's qualified. Yeah, like of course. To, Psychologist or yeah, it's, someone, it's someone that's more in that area. I kind of dig into because, yeah, um, yeah I don't want to, I don't pretend I know something that I don't. So it's yeah. always good to have a network around you yeah. um, where you can just say, look, I, I, I've done what I can with you, but if you need some extra help, yeah. um, there's, you know, go and find somebody that can, that can yeah. do that. I think there's a very important thing that you're touching on there that you probably haven't quite mentioned, but I think it's the rapport and the relationship you have yeah. with that individual as well. Yeah. The trust that goes into that as a coach yes. with your with your person. Yeah. So 
when you're first starting with a client, mm. how much kind of contact do you? Obviously, you've, you've got you, you, you're training them quite often. But if you've yes. got say an online client, yes, yeah, yeah. how much kind of contact weekly are you initially putting in with those individuals to begin with? Yeah, so for online, like I said, luckily with online work, I'm not doing much outside of the strength okay. kind of scope. Yeah. So um, it's really with with strength training, a lot of it is just numbers yeah. now obviously you still need some sort of personal touch so that you have a good relationship with your client mm. um, but I do um, basically what I do is I do like screening profiles for mm. the clients as well so again I this is my personal opinion is the more information you can gather on somebody the better you can help them. of course okay so yeah. um, I always have screening processes and kind of feedback forms and all that kind of stuff in place so that if you were to start in, initially training with me I'll be sending you this three or four um, forms that I need you to fill in. They just give me a bit of a background on yourself yeah. and your nutrition and your history. Um, and then I can look at that and say, well, okay, this person's kind of like a low risk or high risk client. So if you look to me like you're like in a high risk kind of category, it just means that I just need to touch base with you more. So I just need to kind of contact you okay. and be, be with you more often and say, you know, just how, how was your week? You know, yeah. give, me, give me a rundown midweek. I might say, how's the last couple of days your training went? Um, how's your mood? How's your sleep? How, how are you recovering from your sessions? Um, I just get that general feedback because then that way it lets me know, okay, this guy's on track, he's doing really well, I, I don't really need to be with him as much. Yeah, or, okay. Okay, they may be struggling a little bit, they're not sleeping well, they're not eating right, their training's not going so good. And then it's it's then up to me then to contact you and say, okay, is there any areas that we need to be looking at here mm. um, that we can start to maybe try to fine tune a little bit? Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think having those um, processes and feedback forms and just one-to-one -one contact every so often is is very very important even if it is just online work yeah um it does get difficult obviously the busier you get um but it's still something that if you value your clients that you should you should be staying on top of because it shows your client that you actually you actually care about them and it's not just yeah you, they're not just a number you're not just punching that number sending it to them and leaving them with it yeah um so yeah really it really just depends yeah and i think there's so many people that will go into personal training thinking that you know all it is is just spending time on the gym floor with someone and just yeah. putting them through some movements and just making Man, sure that yeah no. <laughs> I really wish like it's funny we joke all the time it's like we're more like psychologists than, than trainers um, yeah so yeah there, there's a lot goes into like you're constantly my phone's literally doesn't stop ringing I've got emails every day to deal with I've got um, contact with clients you just we got group chats we got all this kind of stuff it's just constant um, it's it's a full time business it really is um, yeah, yeah. so there's yeah. there's more to it so if there is any people that are watching that are thinking about becoming PTs it's not just knowing a bunch of cool exercises and getting on the floor there's just yep. a whole back-end business side of it that you just need um need to understand yeah, yeah yeah and are you currently doing any kind of educational things at the moment because i know we talked about it a little bit a, lot, yeah. a, little, a, little, a little while back is there any you know, just like little workshop Personally, seminars um, so like i'm taking is the, like me yeah so as in all the all like because there was the trainers to be away yes, that said we're, we're doing kind of some some educational are they still yes. doing that yeah yeah so i i run classes um every week so i do four classes a week for trainers wa yeah um and we do workshops occasionally so we do like a specialized workshop on um, could be anything really so it could be a business based workshop yeah. um, could be a movement workshop could be an exercise based workshop so we do that kind of stuff um, so that's every every week I'm doing four classes um, and then there's another I've got a few things in the pipeline for a couple of other gyms across Perth yeah, okay. um, where I might be running some workshops through there as well oh awesome yeah. I don't, uh, where can yeah. people kind of uh, like find out about that information um, so if you jump onto my Facebook, which is just Chris Hines Personal Training, um, yeah. or Instagram Team CHPT, yeah. um, all the information will, will pretty much be on there. So anytime we've got like 
seminars or workshops coming up. I'll just kind of put the information on there. Yeah. Um, Trainers WA has now rebranded to the PT Advantage. Okay. Um, so for anyone that is currently a Cert 3 and Cert 4 personal trainer that wants to upskill themselves and get a better depth of knowledge and you know um, whether it's business skills or whether it's practical skills we kind of take care of all of that mm -hmm. um, if you just jump on to it was trainerswa.com yeah. um, if you just punch in either trainerswa onto facebook or the pt advantage you'll be able to you'll be able to find that information yeah cool yeah right. cool and uh what about if personally they want to get in contact with you is it again through that or um yes yeah, so i'll have a profile on there that they yeah. can they can find or like i say if you just jump onto my my facebook or my instagram yeah um you'll be able to just contact me through there awesome yeah thanks cool. for coming over mate no worries thanks for having me it was good fun yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed that next time we'll probably dig into a bit more trans but i'd love to get yeah. you over when you've got um like a, a like a, some kind of educational workshop up and running yeah sure. uh, i usually do them all the time but I'd like yeah, to dig yeah. into more specifics of what you go into yes. and that sort of stuff Oh, I just actually remember we were gonna have you over. Remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll actually I'll see if I can get that um get that set up again so that we can have you come over and do um do a little bit of talk on your sleep stuff. Yeah, I'd love to love to talk about sleep because it's yeah. definitely like, one of the it's there's an area I've found that I work in a medical field, right? And people have to go to their GPs about sleep issues, and not many people want to go to their GPs about sleep issues. But yeah. they'll come to the likes of you and say, "I'm sleeping. Yeah. I'm not sleeping too well." Yes. And yeah. you might be able to give X, Y, and Z advice and go this. But if they actually have an, a sleep issue, yeah, it's like they actually don't know where to go. Yes. So I'm trying to be that middle person that comes into the health and fitness where I know there's yeah. so many people that have. No, overlift, no, they're overweight and they're in they're yeah. coming to you guys because they want to lose weight yes but they could still be suffering from obstructive sleep apnea or yeah. problems like that so yes. i'm trying to fill that void of people worrying about have to go in to see a gp yes. me being the middle person no, yeah yeah for sure so yeah i'd love to come in there awesome. talk about that sort of stuff no, that'd be cool man all right Cool. Thanks, man. And uh, thanks thanks to everyone out there who's listening to the show. I really um, uh, I do appreciate everyone that has been listening. And I appreciate the fact that you, you know, yeah. you've you been listening and tuning yeah, in. Yeah, I'm pumping it out to everybody I know, so I'll keep doing it. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Cool. Cool.